Get ready to jumpstart your scientific career with practical advice on being a successful and contented scientist. Each episode of the Happy Scientist podcast delivers hands-on, actionable steps you can take to ensure you stay happy, focused, and satisfied in the lab. Available on all popular podcast platforms, hit the subscribe button and start your journey towards a more fulfilling scientific career. the Happy Scientist Podcast. Each episode is designed to make you more focused, more productive, and more satisfied in the lab. You can find us online at bitesizebio.com slash happy scientist. Your hosts are Kenneth Vogt, founder of the executive coaching firm Vera Claritas, and Dr. Nick Oswald, PhD, bioscientist, and founder of Bite Size Bio. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Happy Scientist podcast. This is the place to be if you want to become a happier, healthier and more productive scientist. I'm Nick Oswald, the founder of BitesizeBio.com and with me, as always, is Mr. Kenneth Vogt, my friend, mentor, the Bite Size Bio team coach and the founder of the executive mentoring company Vera Claritas. Today and in all other Happy Scientist podcast episodes, you get to benefit from his words of wisdom to help you increase your performance, enjoyment and success in the lab and beyond. In this episode, we'll be discussing something that may be holding you back without you even knowing that it's doing it. That is, do you listen? So, Ken, let's hear what you have to say about listening. All right. Now, I think most of us probably are surrounded by people that don't listen very well. And we'd love to fix that problem. But you know what? The only person you can fix this problem about is you. You have to work on you listening. And you will, by example, show that to others. Some of them will pick up on it and be benefited. And some of them won't. And there's nothing you can do about those folks. And you can't get fixated on all those other people that don't listen. And you can't use that as an excuse as to why you don't listen. So I guess the, the, the first question to ask would be, why listen? What's the point? And, you know, I think, um, Nick, you probably have in, encountered a lot of people that are very, very smart. And you might, they might, you might think that they think, like, why should I listen? I'm the smartest guy in the room. And if that, that may well be true. And this may be true of many of the listeners out there. You might be the smartest person in the room. Does that mean there's no value in you listening? Well, I mean, that's just not true. The, the, and if you look at the purpose of listening, it becomes clear. A lot of people feign listening. That is, they're hearing what's being said around them. But they're only doing it so that they can be prepared to reply. They're not actually listening. A person who's listening is is striving to understand. Now that doesn't mean that you lack understanding or that you're not as smart as the other people there. It's you're trying to understand what the other person is saying, what they're, what they're trying to communicate, what they're trying to get across. And that has nothing to do with how smart you are. Is understanding somebody, you know, if you're, if you're talking to a three-year-old and, and they're talking in very, very simple English, <laughs> or whatever language they're speaking, um, sometimes it can be very hard and you have to put a great effort into listening. 
But are you doing it so you can give them a witty reply? Well, no, they're a three-year-old. You're trying to figure out what they're talking about. So it's about understanding. And, and the fact is, is that no matter how educated you are or how erudite you are on whatever topic is, is under discussion, you need input. The reason you got erudite, the reason you are an expert at whatever you're an expert in is because you got inputs from people that knew things. And in some cases, even got input from people that didn't know things, but they spurred questions that then you sought answers to, and it was worthwhile. Now, another thing that happens here is that um, in whatever we're doing, we're not doing it in a silo. It's a, it's a social environment, and it, it's funny to think of science as, as a social thing, but it is. There's a lot of collaboration, a lot of cooperation, and the fact is, is that those people around you, they are aching for somebody to listen to them. Listening is a fabulous opportunity for you. Now, listening becomes then a leadership quality. It becomes a charismatic quality, something that people are really looking for. So it, just the, the act of listening is useful for you. Even if you don't gain anything from what you hear, the fact that you are giving other people attention is very valuable to them. And that in turn causes you to build trust with them and credibility with them because this is a person that doesn't just dismiss me. They, they care about what I have to say. And that's especially true if somebody has issues with self-esteem. If they look at you as an expert or as a leader or as a, you know, as a boss in a, in a work setting, or, and they, they realize this person is paying attention to me. This person is, is giving attention to what I'm saying. Wow, that's really, really valuable. So the, the other thing that happens to this is social interaction goes two ways. You know, if you listen to other people, they're more likely to listen to you. And of course, we all want that. It's not just those other people that like to have people listen to them. We like to have people listen to us. So it's, a, it's an opportunity to go first, but it's a valuable opportunity to go first because you're setting the agenda and you're showing people the way it's done. And, and you can then point out to people in, you know, in, a, in a positive way, perhaps, in certain settings, like, you know, when you brought this and that up to me, remember I listened to you. I really heard what you had to say. I gave you a chance to, 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 to get out your whole point, you know, and so I'd like you to do the same for me. So there's, there's advantages then to listening. So I'll pause for a second there, Nick. And I'll listen to you. Do you have anything to, uh, to offer about why we should listen? Yeah. Um, it, it's very wide. I mean, my my immediately uh, immediate sort of reaction to that, you know, listening again in a, a scientific set, you know, a, a scientific research setting is there are, you know, two sides that one is two sides to not listening if you like one is arrogance you know be is the opposite of that is being arrogance arrogant and thinking that you know better than other people which is is again you hit on it by saying that science is a social endeavor it's about combining knowledge and quite often you see people um siloing themselves because they think that they are they either don't listen they, they either think that they um they're prevailing their view is the is the correct one, 
or they think that the you know their group view you know if they're if there's two schools of thought for example on a on a particular um topic they think that their view is um is correct so they don't listen to the other one and again that's a classic group think and uh you know exactly against how science works but you see it all the time so one one pitfall of not listening is is that sort of trap of of creating a silo creating a, a place where the knowledge stops the knowledge transfer stops the other uh the other angle of that you know, apart from arrogance is that science is all you know in yourself in the in the work you're doing listening is kind of the same as being open open to input and again another pitfall is just not between you and your and other people but between you and your work are you listening to what to the inputs you're receiving or are you you know the, the results you're receiving the results you're seeing in the field around you or are you siloing yourself to that and 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 creating a, a you know putting yourself on a tangent which is further and further from the truth because you are fixated on the idea that you're right um that's two that's two things that i've personally seen in scientists in specific you know specific scientists certain scientists um that are the direct you know direct results of not listening and they are in complete opposition to what it means to be a scientist right so you mentioned a couple of things that this this triggered for me to to no, not trigger is not the right word that has meaning these days <laughs> that <laughs> that prompted me to to a few things one is that listening is not just about hearing a person speak there's a lot of things to listen to there's data to listen to and there's there's other kinds of inputs that that we listen to sometimes there are other social inputs and it might be certain per, a person's manner or their body language or other things um, but but there's a lot of input there's the input of your education is an example and the input of prevailing views on things and uh, you know that, that's a big deal now it's interesting i i had asked you the question what do you have to say about why listen but you spend a lot of time talking about why don't you listen <laughs> um and by the way, that's and that's great because that's where I was headed next. And you know, you arrogance is a is a beautiful, beautiful thing to point out, and it's 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 it is pervasive in science. And it's funny, I had I had written down a different word for that. I called it pridefulness, um, but the implication was the same thing. And well, I, I, I think it's a bit mean to say it's prevailing in science. I think it's prevailing in society. It okay. really is. People people just don't listen. Yeah, I don't, I don't mean to single out science. Only, only science has that prevailing problem. Uh, but science certainly has that prevailing problem, even as society does. How, however, before, just, I know this is a slight tangent, but that, that is the, you know, the whole idea of, that's humanness, is being, uh, is being uh, arrogant. And the, uh, the way that I see it is that um, being a scientist is, is like squashing down the human part of yourself and becoming the Spock part of yourself. You know, you, you have to, you know, so it's, and that and, and the arrogance or the thinking you're right or the lack of open-mindedness is the, uh, is part of the human part, not part of the Spock. Spock's really open-minded. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <But Yeah. laughs> well, and you know, the, the notion of 
prevailing attitude. So let's say that you belong to the camp that is in the majority on some topic. Does that make you more right than the camp that's in the minority? Actually, no. Um, we don't know for sure. When there are multiple prevailing views, it is quite possible that a minority view turns out to be the correct one. Now, now I'm not I'm not arguing in favor of alternative facts and that kind of that kind of stuff. I I mean when when we don't know for sure about something and there are multiple possibilities it's important for us to listen to all possibilities and to weigh them all and to take them into consideration now i'd like to dive in a little deeper into how is it we do this not listening thing what do we do what do we individually do when we're not listening so one of the things that happens is we have this voice in our own head and we all have it, and it's talking to us all the time. And so somebody starts presenting their view that is different than the view that we are presently holding. So what happens? That voice in our own head starts getting louder and louder and louder, and it's trying to shout down this other person. And and even though we're looking like we're listening, because we're not talking over them, and and you know, when we're still present there, we're not doing something else. We're not listening because the, the voice in our own head is just being too loud. Another thing the voice in your own head can do is be insistent. That is, it may not be shouting them down, as it were, but it might be just automatically dismissing them. Like, no, look, I'm right. I've no, I've checked this out. I'm certain about this. I've been an expert on this for a long time. They don't know anything, you know. And so we're doing the anti-Spock thing there. We're not being open. And, you know, being open to input is very, very valuable. Being close to input will make you not listen. Now, it's possible you've had bad experiences with listening in, in the past. And maybe you listen to something and it, and it hurt you. You know, when I say hurt, I don't mean necessarily caused you physical harm. But in some way, you found it really difficult to listen to that. Now, it might have been difficult because... I'm going to look like a fool that I that if I change my position, it might be difficult in that I've held a, a position that I'm increasingly looking to see, to believe as foolish now, and I hate to admit it. So you know we're we're worried about about that kind of thing, or it could be something we really really didn't want to hear. You know we're we're looking at the data and we can see that this experiment has failed, and we really 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 didn't want it to fail. And so those are reasons why you might cut yourself off from listening. It's like, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to see that. Um, you know, so there's, there's all these possible blocks of why you wouldn't listen. Another thing is you may stop listening to other people because you are so bothered that they're not listening to you. <laughs> it, it's like, why should I give them the respect of attention when they won't do that for me? And we cut, we cut ourselves off from input because of that. Because now it becomes a personal thing. Now it's, it's not even about what's being discussed. It's about the social interaction. But can we set the social interaction aside long enough to get the data that would be useful to us, to get the input, you know, whatever, whatever it is we might want for that. So, so, the, so I guess what I'm saying is that if you haven't been a great listener in the past, you probably had a lot of good reasons why. 
So don't don't beat yourself up about it. If you haven't been a great listener, you haven't been a great listener. So be it. Um, the question is, do you want the advantages? Do you want the gains that come from being a good listener? If you do, well, then you got to learn how to listen. And if you've not been a good listener in the past, it's because you don't know how. <laughs> and I mean, that might be a little hard to hear. You might think, man, how is it possible that I don't know how to listen? I've got, you know, I'm, I've moved up in the world so far and I've, I got so educated and I got into the real, real world and I'm in the real lab and I'm, you know, I did all that without listening. It's possible. <laughs> and in fact, if you look around at the people that you work with or even work for, you might realize, wow, a lot of them did too, you know, because <laughs> they sure don't listen very good now. And uh, probably that's not a new behavior for them. Um, it's more likely if somebody is a listener they, that somebody's good at listening, they've probably been a good listener. But if somebody is not listening, it might be a lifelong endeavor of not listening. So how to become a good listener, uh, it, this, is, this is just a tool. It's, it's just a thing you learn. And it, and it makes me think about uh, well, the way Bite Size Bio works. You know, you, as, as a PhD scientist, you've gained a lot of education and you know about a lot of things. But bite-sized bio, you just learn how to do things, how to do specific tasks that are useful in, in your scientific endeavor. Well, this is, an, this is another thing like that. This is something that will be useful in your scientific endeavor, and that is how to listen. So I'm going to break it down to a two-step process. It's pretty straightforward, and it's, it's simple but not easy as simple things often <laughs> often are. Often simple things are hard because there's nowhere to hide. This is not a 19-step process where you can, you can hide in being bogged down in this step or that step. It's pretty simple. It's going to be the setup and then the act. Okay, first you have to hear. Next, you have to listen. So let me differentiate between hearing and listening. So if we're going to put a definition to hear, to hear is to perceive with the ear the sound made by someone. Now that's, that is narrowing it down to the simplest possible thing about hearing. That is, you know, hearing what words that are spoken to you. Obviously hearing could be, could be broadened out more to, to hearing data that's being presented or is, is, is being made available to you or, or any other kind of input. But, but the point is, it's about perception. Something is going on in front of you. Some kind of input is happening. Are you going to perceive it? And it's up to you if you're going to perceive it or not. Hearing is perceiving. So if you want to perceive what somebody is saying to you, how do you do that? Well, there are some simple things. And, and when when I say they're simple, again, they're going to be like, well, I knew that. Yeah, but do you find it hard to do? Are you willing to do it? So for instance, when somebody is speaking to you, do you look at them? Now, I'm, I'm sure we've all encountered folks that, man, they just won't look us in the eye. And yeah, I mean, they're, they're looking everywhere but at you. They're, they're bouncing all over the place. They're looking at their shoes. They're staring at their phone. They're looking over your head and, and uh, out and beyond. It's a lack of engagement. If you really want to hear what somebody's saying, if you're having trouble hearing what they're saying, engage with them. 
Get more connected to them. Because it may be, you know, all you're hearing is wah, 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 wah. It's because, because your attention is elsewhere. Bring your attention back to them. And, you know, if there's a reason why you're having difficulty giving them your attention, well, that's something you can look at in yourself. Like, why don't I want to give this person attention? Why don't I want to look at them? Well, you know, why do I want to focus on something other than them while they're talking? You know, those are all things you can you can take offline and look at in yourself and go, what is up with that? Um, but in that moment, just look at them. And, and sometimes it's just a matter of practice. When you get used to the idea that I'm just going to, I'm just going to look at this person while they're talking. And it may be that, you know, a person of the opposite sex and we feel like, oh, it's a little intrusive or like, well, they're not my, they're not my significant others. So I shouldn't, I shouldn't look at them like that. You're like, well, you know, just look at them or they're my boss. And so it's disrespectful for me to look them in the eye or they're, or they're, they are my subordinate that I'll intimidate them if I look at them too hard. Well, we know the ways to, to do this without being, you know, stepping over the line socially. It's not that hard. Now, I mean, if somebody's on, you know, on the spectrum, I understand they, they may have difficulty with that, but most of us aren't. Most of us can, we can deal with the social environment. And, and, and so do it. Take a chance and look at that person. And you're going to find out it's not that bad. All the reasons you had in your head for not looking at someone as they were speaking are going to melt away when you just get more experience with it or, or have it be more of your, your present common experience. Because you may well be able to look back at other times in your life when this wasn't an issue. You, know, you didn't have trouble looking that kindergarten teacher in the eye and you didn't have trouble looking, looking your friends and your buddies in the eye when you were a kid. You know, re-engage with that. Because it's, it's very, very valuable when it comes to listening. Like what you're hearing? Ready to supercharge your scientific career? Discover practical advice on what it takes to be a successful scientist without sacrificing happiness. Learn the importance of meeting your human needs, identifying and unlocking your charisma factors, discovering your core mindsets, and much more. Subscribe to the Happy Scientist podcast and download the Happy Scientist reference pack and get started on your journey to becoming a happier scientist today. Subscribe now and check the show notes to download. Now, once you're looking at somebody, that's, uh, I mean, they're talking. There's, there's something else that's going on there that you can pay attention to that you can, that you can parse. So like noting the tone of their voice, noting whether or not they're making eye contact with you, noting their body language, all that stuff is part of the communication. And you can gain so much from that. Now, what I don't want to recommend here is that don't try and translate what somebody is saying. Uh, in other words, don't take whatever they're saying and put it through some kind of filter and say, well, what they're really saying is this other thing. And if, if uh, that sounds a little murky to you, I'm gonna, we're going to have something in the show notes that's a, a link to an article uh, that's called Why Communication Fails and how to fix it. And it'll talk about what it is that we do when, when we're listening to people in that regard, that, that translation process and how to, how to parse it apart so that we don't, don't fail in that regard. Now I realize sometimes some translation is necessary. Sometimes people don't say what they mean, but generally speaking, we're getting enough information 
that we don't have to try and figure out what they mean. They're, they're giving us enough clues in, right, in what they're saying. So give them a chance. And, and the next thing you can do with somebody like that is don't interrupt them. Let them get out what they have to say. Because some folks, some folks, it's a little bit of a struggle. So they may have to say it a couple of times before they get across exactly what they mean. And if we are impatient with them, um, or if we're trying to steer the conversation, we're never going to hear what it is they were trying to say. And we, are, we don't lose anything. If they're, if they're bringing up a, a viewpoint that we think is just totally ridiculous and is just completely wrong, we are not harmed to hear it. So go ahead and hear it. And opposing viewpoints often have a few good, good points in them, even if we generally think they're wrong. So it's good to hear the foundation of their points, even if their ultimate conclusions are wrong. So you know, that, that's all part of that initial hearing process, is that truly opening ourselves up and, and making use of, of the social cues to get the most we can. So then we go to the next point of actually listening. And we'll give a definition to that. To listen is to give one's attention to sound. <laughs> now, as we've said here, that's just how we would apply it to hearing someone speak. But you know, the notion is listening is just giving attention. Whatever it is, whatever inputs are coming, so if you want to hear sound of someone speaking, you're very much benefited to remove other distracting sounds. Can you be in an environment where you can actually hear them talk? Now, I realize sometimes you're in a place where things are loud or there's a lot of other people around and you don't have that option. But sometimes you can say, could we step off to the side? Can, can we turn off this machine? Can you, so that you can not have that bothering you and taking you away from what's right in front of you, you'll allow you to listen better. Now, there, the sounds aren't the only distractions out there, and especially in the modern-day world. Devices are a, a pox on society. So if you really want to listen to somebody, put down your phone! <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's tremendously rude to be trying to talk to somebody while you're holding your phone in front of your face, you're not looking at them, you're not listening to them, you're paying attention to that phone. And other people pick up on that too. I say pick up on it. It's not hard to pick up on, it's right in their face. It's rude. And we don't like it to be done to us. Well, if you're gonna, if you're gonna truly commit to listening to other people in that moment, put down your phone. You know, it's gonna be there 30 seconds later. It's gonna be okay, you know. You're not an emergency room doctor that's trying to save a patient's life, you know, in the moment. <laughs> uh, it, it, so there, there is there if if it's important to hear this person to listen to this person, give it the importance that it's due. And and don't try and multitask. And we've talked about that before. We've had a whole episode on it. I've looked at. Uh, looked at a very important study done by Stanford University, you're, you're not going to do a good job listening if you're trying to do something else at the same time. Now, another thing you can do when you're listening to somebody is, is to, to help prompt them. So, you know, give them encouraging sounds. And it might be, you know, just words that we say or phrases we use like, uh-huh, like, really? Or, okay, okay, go on. Uh, 
you just you're feeding them a reason to keep keep communicating to you and you know obviously it's got to be appropriate because um, i'm we've all been in in situations where somebody's done that in a placating way or like you know like they're treating us like like we're a child and we don't like that but but you can genuinely engage with somebody and without interrupting them the sounds you're making are to encourage them to keep talking instead of trying to talk over them um and so they're going to keep going. Some people, when you interrupt them, that'll just shut them down. They'll stop trying to communicate. Other people will get angry, and now the topic becomes something else. <laughs> but you know, either way, you lose out. You don't, you don't get to listen to what, what it is they were going to offer. Another thing you can do that is very useful when you're having a conversation with somebody and you want to listen to them is to repeat back to them what they said. And... So let me give you an example of that. So Nick, I'd like you to like you to talk to me about something, and I will I will show you how to how I'll repeat back. Go ahead, Nick. Talk about something. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. <laughs> uh, I just um, just got back from two two days of of holiday. I was at a theme park with my kids. I went on all of the roller coasters, and then the last one I went on, I hurt my back, so I'm getting old. Oh boy. So you, so you went on all the roller coasters with your kid and you hurt your back? Yep. Well, look at that. So. <laughs> you listened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, so, so here's the thing. It, it might be you say something like, you know, I paraphrased back to him what he said. But you could say back to them exactly what they said. So you went on all the roller coasters. Ah, oh, that's right. And when you went on the roller coaster, you hurt your back. All right. You know, when when you say something back to somebody that they just said to you, for sure they're going to agree with you. Like, wow, this person really gets it, you know, because <laughs> they've said exactly the same thing. Now, sometimes they're going to say something that you don't agree with, but that doesn't mean you can't repeat it back to them because you're not saying to them, I agree with you. You're saying, so what you're saying to me is you went on a roller coaster and as a result, it hurt your back. I might look at that and go, that didn't hurt your back. Your back was already hurt. You should have never got on the roller coaster. You know, <laughs> uh, you know. but I didn't say that to, to Nick. I, I, I just repeated back to him what he said to me. But then he knew I heard him. The other thing that does is it gives people a clue that, okay, this person is hearing the details that I'm offering. So I can offer more details safely, uh, you know, and, and they're going to give me the respect I deserve. And that's going to help you. So... You know, so repeating back what somebody says to them, to you, even when you don't agree with it, is very valuable when it comes to listening. They're going to give you more as a result. Another thing you can do is a is a technique called mirroring, and that is, is you know, this is something you need to be physically present with somebody, but actually start doing the same gestures they're doing. If they rest their hand on their chin, you rest your hand on your chin. If they, if they cross their arms, you cross your arms. If they lean back, you lean back. If they lean in, you lean in. If they smile, you smile. If they close their eyes, you close your eyes. It is amazing how much connection you both will feel in that setting if you start mirroring them. Now, I'm not talking about doing it in a mocking way. You know, it's, it's not about over-accentuating what they're doing. But you'll see simple little things. They'll they'll cross one hand over the other, or the or or 
or they'll make a fist or, the, or they'll open their hand. As you do that kind of thing, that other person feels like this person is on the same page as me. And so it becomes easier for them to communicate. And what's good about that is if people often feel uh, resistance to communication, so they're afraid to say what's really on their mind or to communicate what they really need to get across. Whereas if you make the environment such that they feel it's comfortable, they're going to be able to say whatever it is they need to say. And you'll be able to hear what, what needed to be heard. The advantage of that is even if it's something you wish wasn't so or wasn't fun to hear, you're better off hearing it than to not hear it if it's true, right? If it's what's really going on, you want to know what's really going on. So mirroring will help you create an environment where you're more, more likely to actually get the input that you need. Another thing that you can do is, is for the moment, suspend judgment. So, and I'm not telling you to, you have to give on, up on judgment forever, although I wish you would, but <laughs> I'm saying the baby step here is in the moment that the communication is happening, if you could just not judge right now, whatever they're saying, if you're, if you're in there again, if that voice in your head is going, this is wrong, this person's stupid, they're uninformed, they're, they're clueless, they don't get it, you know, you're not going to hear anything that comes across, let alone be able to listen to it. So if you just put that judgment on hold for a while, and uh, back to Nick's reference to Spock, you can see Spock, Spock is really good at that. He can suspend judgment and just let the data roll in, no matter, no matter how much it jars what he already thought he knew. So you don't worry about it. You just, just take it in, and we'll worry about deciding what's valuable or, in, or, or not valuable later. And then finally, man, don't translate. And we've all been in that kind of situation where, where you say, you know, I, I'm, I, what do you think about going to dinner? Oh, so you hate my cooking. Is that right? You know, <laughs> don't translate. They just asked if you, if, if you wanted to go to dinner. You know, they didn't have, make comment on your cooking. They, they, that wasn't what was going on. And we can, we can waste so many cycles by translating things. And then they got to bother to deny it. And sometimes they have to defend against it. And uh, we're totally off track. We no longer have heard anything they had to say a little and listen to it. It's just all gone. So, you know, guard yourself from that translation. So those, those are the two simple steps. Hear and then listen. And we've talked about why it's valuable to listen and even why you might not have listened in the past. But it doesn't matter. If you've not been good at this in the past, that's fine. Just start doing it because you know how you get good at things? Practice, practice, practice. <laughs> you know, that way you'll make it all the way to Carnegie Hall, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. I mean, that's a, that's a really succinct, um, light, sh light shining session. How would you say that? Illuminating session <laughs> on, um, on something that's actually really, really important. And it's, it's almost like it's, it's so prevalent in the world for people to not listen that uh, that it's almost accepted. Um, but in, in science, it's it's doubly important. I mean, it's important on a personal level, triple it then. But it's important on a and professional and interpersonal level. But it's also important at all different layers of scientific discourse, right up to, you know, from 
you know, discussing what results with in the lab, he to out to um, you know discourse uh, within your field, right out to if your discipline touches in that, if your area touches on that, right out to scientific discourse in in society. Mm -hmm. um, it's more and more you just see people shutting off from the other side of the argument, and you know that's fine for humans, but not for Spock. Spock has to listen to every, has to, you know, even if they don't agree, Scott, Spock has to take the input, parse it, and decide whether it, it play, you know, decide in, uh, how would you say it, in fairly, whether it decides, give it a fair hearing, and decide whether it should be assimilated in any way into the input, into the, you know, the conclusions. And... Again, you just see so many people shutting off for not so many scientists shutting off for non-logical reasons, mm -hmm. like you know this particular thing aligns with their politics, or you know this is the extreme, and it's not the, it's not every area that touches on that, but just to see that the people doing that is kind of scientists doing that is worrying to me when you see that because it's where where else is that happening that we're not listening to things and we're missing we're missing truths we're missing data we're missing things that could literally save people's lives because um you know it's uh, you know it didn't follow the um the norm so we we just we just dismissed it um but any, anyway and, that and was a anywhere bit of a in box, life but. that you do it is gonna <laughs> it's gonna be beneficial and anywhere you're good at it will be transferable so if you do a better job of listening to your kids, you're going to do a better job of listening at work. And if you do a better job of listening in the lab, you're going to do a better job of listening to your significant other or, or to your friends or your community. And everywhere you get better at it will benefit every other place. So it's, it's worth the effort. It's definitely a habit. Have we done an episode on habits? It's def yeah, it's we did. Definitely, yeah, it's definitely a habit. Um, and... I don't know. Well, I'm not going to ask you your Yoda, but um, the the for me one reason I don't listen is um, it's almost like I feel like I don't have time to do that. But that's a habit. That's a habit kind of. Oh, I've got the next thing to do, and I'm focused on the next thing rather than now. And um, so that's a habit that yeah. I, again, yeah, this uh, episode has been a lesson things. to me. So. Yeah. <laughs> You can't multitask when it comes to listening, and you can't give the voice in your head uh, first place when somebody else is talking. <laughs> it's just how it is. Well, that's a good rule, actually, and it's the habit of putting that rule into place, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, boy, there's a bunch of episodes that, to go back to, to look at. There's the episode on habits, the episode on multitasking. We should have an episode on the voice in your head. That'd be pretty good. <laughs> oh, that'd be good. That'd be really good to... The voice in my head would love that one. <laughs> <laughs> the voices. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. I think that's a good time to break off before I get a bit more <laughs> anymore. Right. Um, so again, thanks, Ken. Another a really illuminating episode, as I said, and is definitely that's definitely one to ponder. And if you have any questions about, you know, what Ken is talking about, talked about today, or any observations. We'd be happy to hear from you in uh, in our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash The Happy Scientist Club. And you can uh, catch up on all those episodes that Ken mentioned uh, earlier, the one about habits, the one about 
you know, voices in their head isn't there. Multitasking, he said as well. You can see all of those at bitesizebio.com forward slash the happy scientist where all of these podcast episodes are listed. Um, and again, remember, if you haven't done so already, episodes one to nine are the fundamentals of, um, they will change your lives one to nine, even more than the rest of the episodes. Um, so have a look at those if you haven't looked at those already. So that just leaves us to uh, sign off. I say again, thank you, Ken, for for your words of wisdom. And you, we will see you all at the next episode. All right, bye now. Bye. The Happy Scientist is brought to you by Bite Size Bio, your mentor in the lab. Bite Size Bio features thousands of articles and webinars contributed by hundreds of PhD scientists and scientific companies who freely offer their hard-won wisdom and solutions to the Bite Size Bio community. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode and want to keep learning practical tips on being a happy and successful scientist, don't wait any longer. Subscribe to the Happy Scientist podcast and download the Happy Scientist reference pack today. And together, let's reignite that passion for science that first got you into the lab. Remember, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. So hit that subscribe button now and check the show notes to download.